1: Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. General States Pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 20. Today's
2: specials New Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal
1: comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cars are issued by JP Morgan Chase Bank NA member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change.
0: everyone and welcome back to another brand new episode of What the Throne, the weekly Game of Thrones podcast. My name's Destin, I'm here with
2: Ashley Victoria Robinson.
0: Yes, and uh, this week we're going to talk about some kind of big news because it's something, I don't know, I didn't, I originally had thought this would happen actually long before even season 8 was done with because I was like, this book, Fire and Blood... George R. martin had written came out i think the end of last year if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and so i was like okay cool this is this is the prequel right and then yeah. it turned out that it wasn't the prequel it was uh the other one that was that they're tentatively calling blood moon or the long night or whatever but yeah not exactly the the story and history of um The Targaryens. And now we're like finding out, oh, guess what? They are making it on top of the prequel. I mean, what do you think when you heard that news?
2: I was. It's funny. Like, I'm very, very excited for any news that we get because we're so starved for it. And I think it's pretty obvious that that's what Fire and Blood was Mm -hmm. created for. Right. We had uh, Mark Fernandez on the show and he talked Mm -hmm. a lot about. Uh, his experience reading Fire and Blood and what he liked about it, and what he thought could be explored. So I won't say I was surprised, but I will say that I'm delighted to, <laughs> uh, that this is, in fact, happening. Um, the other producer who is attached to this, Ryan Condal, um, has done a lot of work in the genre sphere, which I think is really, really cool. So it seems like between him and Martin that They have a pretty good team going into it. Mm -hmm. And then um, the article that uh, Dennis and I were looking at uh, this week, it references uh, a George R.R. Martin blog post from uh, May of this year. And it also talks about um, how the Fire and Blood book is the one that is featured in a banner over this post. And so it seems like there's been a lot of hints that this was coming. And I I wonder what has happened at HBO, right, or what has happened to the zeitgeist that's made this kickoff. I wonder if this is uh, maybe in reaction to how people felt Danny was treated at the end of uh, season eight. Because, you know, as we've discussed ad nauseum, some people have uh, feelings some kind of way or whatever. So maybe they were like, let's do more Targaryens. It gets people literally fired up, pun completely intended. Uh, Were you surprised by this news? Are you excited by it?
0: I was surprised at the timing, because like I mentioned uh-huh. before, I mean, obviously the biggest, the most obvious prequel, which they aren't doing, is, okay, the The Robert's Rebellion, right? That's yes, the one yay. that, like, everyone's, okay, that's the one that, okay, but the second, you know most obvious one i thought was fire and blood because they talk about it so much in the show they talk about aegon and conquering westeros with dragons that it was like okay that's the the second probably most wanted one and then when they didn't announce it back then i was like okay that's probably not happening and they also mentioned and i think george r, r. martin probably kept um a good uh lid on it because they were saying that If I remember correctly, reading one report that George R. R. Martin, the prequel that he was working on was not accepted because he mentions in that blog post first there was five and then there was
2: three. And then I think now we're hearing that there's six something, (laughs) which is great. More Game of Thrones is great, but it's also um, to think that there might be as many as six shows in development like that's crazy.
0: There, There's also a thing of note uh, when I was reading one article that they were saying that, OK, the pilot's been shot for the other one starring Naomi Watts. Yes. Uh, is it uh, is it Jane Goldman that's uh, show running that one?
2: I believe so. Yeah.
0: Um, But technically, it still hasn't been picked up yet. Like, yeah, it's it's <laughs> so they shot the pilot. They're still. Futsing around with the, like either the edits or reshoots or whatever. And, and
2: as we know, the original Game of Thrones pilot was completely reshot and in oh, some yeah. cases uh, heavily recast. recast so, <laughs> um,
0: so technically, that one is not picked up yet. It could possibly, though. I don't think it would be. It could be shut down. Like they could be like, you know what, this isn't working. We're not doing this one. You know, um, which would be a shame, but it also would delay because with this, the Fire and Blood one, which by the way, George Martin said is not going to be called Fire and Blood.
2: Well, he said it's not going to
0: be the obvious, you know.
2: I get that, but also Fire and Blood, not only is it the name of the book, right? So there's sort of a nice branding synergy um, from that perspective, but it is the words of House Targaryen. So if this is going to be the history of, Uh, the Mothers and Fathers of Dragons, I think it's, they'll probably blow me away with a much smarter choice, but just off the top of my head, I like Fire and Blood more than I like House Targaryen, you know what I mean? Yes,
0: yes. Um, Or Dragon
2: Riders, or how to train your dragon, I don't know, (laughs) how to train your Drogon.
0: (laughs) Um, Another interesting thing, at least for me, is, is, uh, what are they going to cover? I mean, yes, we know they're going to cover the history of the Targaryens, but the book itself, um, from what I've been reading in online and also what Mark's talking about, it seems more like a, almost like a history book, right? Mm-hmm. It's not so much a narrative story with char- one, char- or one main character or several main characters, and it goes throughout a storyline where it's more of like a history of the Targaryens. So they talk about Aegon conquering Westeros and then later they talk you know what I mean so what period of time within that are they covering and Mm -hmm. where they're going to focus on I mean the most obvious answer is Aegon the First but that's you know that sounds very expensive to me
2: well see that's interesting I just started reading Fire and Blood and um I'm going away I'm going away internationally this weekend on behalf of Collider so I will have several long flights to probably finish it Uh, so maybe we'll talk about it when I get back but it does begin uh, with Aegon the Conqueror and for me if I were doing an adaptation or doing a version of this book this is you know bad pitch off the top of my head I would really pitch this as an anthology show so each season Mm -hmm. focuses on a different ancestor and um, even if people aren't as familiar with this book we have heard a lot about a lot of previous members of uh, the Targaryen clan, all of the Aegons and all of the Areses are heavily mentioned. Uh, one of the Aegons, of course, is featured in the Duncan Egg books. We've heard about Cassandra. We've heard about the first Daenerys. So she's not actually the first of her name, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, there, You know, th- there's a lot of really interesting material to be mined, even if they're not going to follow like chapter one of Fire and Blood as mm-hmm. our first season, mm-hmm. which we know now from sort of how Game of Thrones evolved that they are willing to be a little more loosey-goosey with how close they stick to the book which is fine in my estimation
0: yeah yeah i mean that's an interesting idea i I think i wouldn't mind the anthology thing i think the only
2: and i know anthologies are tough
0: yeah it's, it's it's just more of a i don't know a cost thing right with them like you know just gearing up and getting in different time periods and different sets and then different actors, you know what I mean, for such a costly thing. I know they do it on um, American Horror Story, but that's yes. kind of set more in modern times. And
2: They could, though.
0: They actually reuse the same actors, you know, in American Horror uh-huh. Story. So, like, they're like, okay, you get to play a different role. This Where this- for Game of Thrones, they would conceivably have to, you know, everyone has to be different.
2: The actors definitely would, but I think you could reuse a lot of the same Mm -hmm. sets, particularly, right, because we're sort of talking about like a Silmarillion type story to make the Tolkien analogy, particularly if they're starting in old Valyria and they said, "Okay, well, we're going to build these sets. So we want to get at least three seasons out of this. or We want to get at least five seasons out of this. I think you could. I think there are cost effective measures. I love that you and I have immediately gone down to how much is this going to cost to (laughs) make? And then yeah. uh, we do know that some of the Westeros sets are still standing, and we've discussed why we think they might still be standing. So I it, it, the show's going to be expensive either way. You might you might be able to swing it. The nice thing, though, about if they did a new cast every season is uh, nobody's going to want that season three pay bump. You're probably going to be able to get a bunch of people <laughs> for scale.
0: Not only that, you can get bigger actors, too.
2: True. Yeah, you could spend more money to have someone like Sean Bean show up every season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but eventually, I mean, it sucks for him because all those other actors started making way more money after. Mm-hmm. Cause,
2: uh, you know, I think Sean Bean's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, he's doing fine, but he didn't, get, he didn't get a
0: ride that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the rest of the actors were like, okay, you know, after it became actually a hit, which I, I feel like it didn't really start becoming, like, very, very big until, like, towards the end of season three.
2: I agree uh, with that. Just to run down uh, that rabbit hole a little bit, I'm still surprised that we never saw uh, Ned in the finale. I kind of always expected to see him back in, like, a fever dream or something like mm-hmm,
0: that. Like a flashback. Yeah, or yeah what, which would have been,
2: maybe it was a little too fan servicey, but I, I remain surprised that that didn't happen.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of us were convinced that uh, Liana was going to sprout out as a zombie. Oh,
2: man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about that, didn't we, <laughs>
0: yes it's some sort of weird fan service um yeah uh so i think overall i think it's good news uh i don't expect anything we're not gonna see like thinking how long it's been taking for blood moon or long night or whatever to Mm -hmm. to actually amount to anything i feel like we're not gonna be hearing about this for quite a while
2: There is I will say there is a part of me that wonders why this was allowed to break right now, because we're uh, a little less than a month away from New York Comic Con, which Dennis and I, listeners and viewers are familiar with, have been holding up as the pedestal of when we're finally going to have news to talk about. It's going to be New York Comic Con. So I do wonder if this was purposefully dropped in advance of that. Because we are going to get maybe some more substantial news about it in New York. But that could just be wishful thinking on my part. Yeah, But it does, you pointed out, it does feel like a really weird time for this news to drop.
0: Yes. Weird time. And then even with New York Comic Con, which I, I definitely think is a possibility. But you would figure San Diego Comic Con was the time to do uh-huh. it. But maybe they, they weren't ready for it. So... I don't know. It's 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 tough because it's like, it is is it the right moment? Especially with the other one not being. Maybe they'll announce the uh, Blood Moon or whatever. Maybe they'll announce the actual title at New York Comic Con and yeah. also, may, not a release date, but maybe just say we're officially. It's officially picked up and they're shooting it now. Because right now, no one other than like the editors and producers or doing anything on it right now
2: yeah well exactly or we might hear something like we heard forever and ever about Watchmen. until a couple weeks ago um we might hear like oh it's coming spring of uh 2021 or it's coming fall Mm -hmm. of 2020 like we might hear those sort of vague terms used to discuss it
0: yeah yeah um there's some other stuff in the news not nothing big but uh Apparently, Daenerys's burning of King's Landing was originally much more gruesome. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't really go into detail about it, but they're just—they also talked about the the whole uh, battle at Winterfell, the Long Night. Yeah, just saying there was just different things that that were cut or changed around. Nothing major, but they did say that there was much more burning of innocent people in the in the bells, the second to the last episode. Um, and they decided to kind of tone it down later in post, maybe because they realized the transformation of Daenerys was, seemed so sudden. Maybe they didn't want to go full Targaryen.
2: <laughs> full Mad Queen. Yeah, um, yeah. That'll be interesting. And again, it's interesting to hear that come out. It makes me wonder if on the Blu-ray, we might get access to that. We might get to see some of the... Even if it's, uh, you know, even if there's a lot of green screens to some of that footage.
0: Yeah. That, it'd be interesting. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of questions, I guess, that people uh-huh. want answers for. Because, you know, with the, the documentary that we covered beforehand, we definitely, you know, got a glimpse and look into what was happening behind the scenes but not so much like the deep deep stuff right it was yeah. like okay you see the the production people but those people are not privy to what's actually happening in the writer's room in the producer's room like what kind of stuff is like but we got to finish before this date because xyz or you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of a lot of rumors of like Benioff and Weiss having deadlines for their Star Wars things. And then therefore, that's why they weren't focused on Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, people didn't get what they were used to, I guess, looking forward to.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, and and then it's it's tough when you're dealing with uh, content like this. That's all up in the air, because uh, as you mentioned previously, when it's only producers or execs who are sitting around making the thing when there's uh, not a lot of, I guess, crafts people or sort of your boots on the ground people working on it. It feels much more ephemeral than uh, even if it were completely cast.
0: hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Oh, uh, Sophie Turner. She lands a role in a new show or first kind of TV role. Yeah. Since, uh, you thrones. Kind of, I guess it's for it's for Quibi, and it's like a in the way Quibi's doing things is like each episode's like ten minutes.
2: Yeah, which yeah. I know Netflix is also doing like fifteen minute shows. I think that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's what YouTube's for, you. Yeah? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's weird because the the way Quibi works is uh, it's it's a subscription based thing, much like all the other stuff. Yes. I think it's 4.99 with ads, 7.99 without.
2: That's not bad actually.
0: No, but I mean, you know, much like even with this Apple announcement uh recently, you got to have the content that people want to watch. Yes. Otherwise they're not going to pay. So right now Quibi people have heard of it, but the mass I think the mass uh, audience has not heard of Quibi. I think us as a lot of, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, people just aren't familiar with it, and but yeah. we in the industry know about it. So I'm just wondering what they're going to bring to the table, because even Apple, as huge as Apple is, people are not that impressed or clamoring for the stuff that they announce.
2: Yeah, and I think that they are, I think that they picked Sophie Turner, they picked a Game of Thrones alum, Um, for just that reason so that they're hoping that maybe more i mean i want to say lay people but that's perhaps very insulting more of your uh average consumer will want to go over and check out the app and see what that's all about it's interesting because i've seen a lot more coverage about this announcement than the fact that alfie allen is in jojo rabbit but uh you know which just did um very well at tiff and i know has a lot of buzz around it already um so i just I think that's kind of interesting, and those two characters had a bond at the end of the season, so that was a perfectly good segue I made.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Jojo Rabbit—it's uh, getting a lot of good, good buzz.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, I don't know if I should say this word on the air, so I won't. But uh, Tyka's initial interview about it, where he used a very crass word to describe Hitler has kind of brought a lot of people on board and then the fact that it is reviewing as well and and you know getting lauded at film festivals i think it's poised rather um to be pretty impactful and there's a lot of nerd people in it um scarlett johansson is also in the movie uh is in the movie so i'm really looking forward to it i don't know about you
0: uh yeah definitely especially because people are saying that it's Pro- might be up for Oscar contention. That's how good. Can you imagine? It is. Yeah. <laughs> um I guess uh before we go, uh I've been watching The Dark Crystal Resistance. Have you f- watched that yet?
2: I have finished it.
0: How how did you like it?
2: I uh loved it. I liked okay. it a lot. Uh Natalie Emmanuel it plays my favorite character in the show and I it's funny because there are some characters who visually resemble uh, Daenerys, and I know that uh, Natalie played uh, Miss Sande, but the character that she voices, Deet, actually kind of um, acts and takes sort of seems to take a page out of Danny's book, which I thought was sort of interesting. Obviously, coming at it from the perspective of a Game of Thrones fan, mm-hmm. but tell me, tell me what your thoughts have been on it so far.
0: I mean, I'm on episode five, four or five right now i i'm really like i saw the the pilot at uh at uh, comic con and i know it came out a uh, a couple weeks ago but i was finishing up my mind hunter uh i saw that on your binge. twitter yeah with so uh, now, with
2: young uh with young ned stark
0: yes and so i finally finished that and now i'm on to it. I, i'm really like i mentioned that yeah because of uh natalie emmanuel and then um lena Hetty is also and oh it's yeah. Not as big a role. But yeah, no. you get a couple of the Game of Thrones alumni over there.
2: Yeah, man, if you want to see uh if you want to see Lena Headey continue to play Queens, I think she's going to have that short up for quite a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, also if you are you know, obviously it's not Game of Thrones, but if you want a fantasy series that has a lot of lore and mythology um yes it's definitely not as adult as game of thrones but it's pretty adult like Man,
2: the finale is pretty brutal <laughs> i would not
0: show this to kids
2: it's yeah pretty,
0: there's some dark stuff all i all i gotta say is like beetle there's like yes beetle peeper beetle peeper <laughs> that that you know that freaked me out so yeah it, it's it's Definitely more towards the adult side, more than you would imagine.
2: I would definitely agree with that. I think it's awesome. And I'm really, that's another one where I'm like, I'm hoping that we get a lot more from it because I just think it's so, I think it's special. And it shows, uh, Dark Crystal Legion Resistance, in my estimation, really shows how you can take advantage of making a prequel and how you can use a prequel to really add more to such an interesting and, and powerful world and story. And so we can. I can only hope that Game of Thrones in their prequels kind of achieves the same balance.
0: Yes, yes. I think that's that's always the hardest thing about prequels, right? Is mm-hmm. that you've got to stick with what you've had before and remain faithful to it in tone and story, but then have enough there where it's still intriguing. Because, mm-hmm. especially because with prequels you know what the ending already is, right? Yeah. And so you have to layer. It. And I think the Dark Crystal does a, a great job with it, especially it being a prequel to a movie. So the movie is only two hours long, so you only get so much in there. Where you know a prequel, like we mentioned with the Game of Thrones stuff, you're you're doing a prequel to eight seasons of television so yeah. they already have covered a lot so i think that's why they kind of veered away from the roberts rebellion stuff because it was too close to what uh we've already seen so they to they needed to move it far far away
2: won't it be funny if in 10 years when you and i are on episode 1200 we are talking about the roberts rebellion show because the execs are going there's finally been enough time yes yeah, we're allowed are... to bring exactly this back.
0: most people <laughs> haven't seen the original that's usually what you know what the thing is yeah i haven't seen the original so um all right uh, is there anything else going on in the game of thrones world that you want to talk about I my, don't my, my, think my, so,
2: um, the Emmys are, uh, at the time that we are recording this, the Emmys are coming up. So I'm sure that you and I will have, uh, a lot to talk about after yeah. that airs. And you all know that I'm pulling for, uh, previously mentioned Alfie Allen to win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is, will be an interesting one because they have previously won before, but this season's been so controversial. But it's, and, been but not... the
2: Emmys do like to celebrate people or shows during their last season. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. And then also, it got nominated the most because a lot of technical stuff, as mm-hmm. well as creative. I mean, not that technical stuff isn't creative, but in the creative. That, that's what it's, it's called:
2: technical Emmys versus creative Emmys.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm not that much further in my <laughs> audio. Oh book, yeah,
2: book watch. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I'm only on the part where um, Arya is is uh, talking to Ned. He's discovered that she has needles so she sets up so like I said it's like these conversations that we've seen in the show or scenes in the show that are three minutes long but in the book they're like 20-30 minutes long you know yeah or just scenes that are not in it at all like I guess before that scene is like her in some giant hall eating food and then running away you know and also you're
2: gonna get a lot of are you running let me spoil that for you (laughs)
0: All right, uh, all right, uh, Ashley, where can people find you?
2: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashley V. Robinson. The V is very important. Don't forget to check out my podcast, Geek History Lesson, at geekhistorylesson.com. And always here with the amazing Dennis talking about Game of Thrones.
0: And you guys can find me on Twitter at Thank You, or Instagram, Dennis.tcng. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Collider videos and our podcast feed. It's Collider Factory podcast feed every week. For this podcast and many others. And so until next time, see you guys later.
1: Napa Know How! Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa.